Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, and we're not doing it by further fighting or depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. We infuse the sacred with the logic, spirit with embodiment, feminine with masculine. And here we strengthen by becoming sovereign and whole. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to find my archive of episodes, grab your free download of Masculine Feminine Money, and schedule your 15-minute discovery call with me to identify your next steps for your sacred remembering journey. I love supporting you. Now, let's begin. Every week, the number of downloads of this podcast continues to go up. So hello, I'm so glad that this podcast is serving you on your journey. It is why I do it. And today, a new review came in, and so I want to share that with you. Skitcha says, get your tea and get cozy and let your consciousness rise with a five-star review. Sarah's insights speak directly to my heart. She understands the complexities of what it is to be a woman on the planet during these challenging times. She offers stories, teachings, and reflections that help me on my own journey. I always take time to listen to her soothing voice and powerful insights. Thank you so much, Skidja, for this review and for being here and listening and allowing these shares to really percolate into your consciousness and into your life. Um, I'm so, so glad that it's helpful. And I want to just share with everyone and remind you that the Sacred Remembering membership is now open. Why would you join the membership? Well, it's to step into community. So there are so many of you and more of you listening to this podcast all the time. It's no surprise because while I've been doing this for two years, um, you know, we've been through a pandemic. The world is waking up and women, I think especially women in the pandemic have said, wait a minute, the way I have been doing life in the status quo is not working anymore. I need to switch things up. And I've been here talking about these things for a couple of years now, living this journey, leaving the career, you know, before the pandemic even happened. Um, And so it's been, my goodness, a really deep honor to be able to walk with you as um, these issues are rising. It's like the temperature is rising and we know that the status quo is not okay. And we are living these changes and this awakening in our own lives and in our own beingness. And so you are not alone. You are not alone on your journey. And the Sacred Remembering membership is a community, um, which, you know, you might need to, um, 
derive a little courage in order to come into a community. I know that uh, because when you're a modern woman waking up to the truth of who you are, a lot of times you're doing that inside of a life where you have people around you that may not understand what you're going through. Well, we do. We do. And we are welcoming you in. So if this podcast is resonating with you and you want to step into a community, you know, the amount that you share inside of the community is completely up to you. But we have live calls with me where we'll get a little interaction I always um, deliver a deeper teaching, you know, similar to how I do on the podcast, but something always channels through on the day of our live calls specifically for you. We have monthly topics. So right now we're talking about sovereignty. In November, we're talking about prosperity. Um, In December, we're talking about energetic reciprocity. I'm really passionate about women and our energy and our resources and how we take care of those, but we don't, you know, we don't need to guard them uh, or like, you know, protect, protect in a defensive way, but we can be really clear about our boundaries and our energy. And so I'm going to be talking about that uh, so that we get to do that and actually raise our prosperity um, in, in the months to come. So there's always a topic and there's also an archive of resources that I have made over the years. um, And I put them all there for you. So check out sarahpoet.com and you'll find the membership under the groups tab. We'd love to have you. Um, It's $39 a month. And if you join annually, it, it averages to only 33. So it's super fair for all of the information, all of the community, um, and all of the sharing and energetic transmissions that you get as well. It's a place to step in and, um, and begin to really feel and experience the change um, that is possible when you step into the truth of who you are. So it is my honor to be here with you and with today's guest. And um, thank you for Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, episode 96, an interview with Natalie Kuhn of The Class. So some of you are going to know of Natalie like I did very well from participating in the class. And maybe that's how you found this podcast today. And then others of you who have been in my podcast audience may be getting your first introduction to the class today, which I'm really happy to share with you. Because if you have worked with me at all in the last year and a half, you have heard me rave about the class. I I really promote it to my clients and advocate that they do it because I'm always talking about, you know, like how to elevate our energy and, and, you know, if people want to change their lives, well, we can't just think about it. We can't just pray about it or do a spiritual practice or do a quantum practice about it. We have to move our bodies because that's where the energy lives. Okay. We are humans. We are embodied creatures. And so we need to get back into that embodiment and to really move the energy there. And I didn't understand this at first, you know, when I was a woman who was healing the trauma, I was almost afraid to move my body. So if this finds you somewhere in that space of like, I don't know if I can do, you know, sustained exercise. I feel really tired all of the time. Life is stressful. I get it. I get it. And I'm going to say, try the class anyway. 
Okay. Because um, it really does move you through the the energy, the stuckness, the resistance, and you can always choose your challenge level. Okay. So now I've done my unpaid advertisement for the class, <laughs> but I believe in it and I, I love it. And so I'm going to share a little story as I do about how I came to know today's guest, Natalie. Natalie is uh, my favorite class instructor and like no offense to the rest of the class instructors. I don't really know them very well because I found Natalie and I just stuck with Natalie. And so last year in the pandemic, you know, I found the class during the pandemic. They went online just before the pandemic. We talk about this in the episode. And During the pandemic, I moved into a man's house, like my partner's house, and then the relationship quickly disintegrated, and then I had to move out again. And this house sat on the sacred piece of land. I've talked about this on the podcast. Everything about the experience was perfect and necessary for my soul's evolution, of course. However, my point is that This house sat on top of this hill with the most amazing view. And the bedroom windows were up really high. And um, this is where I would do the class. So, you know, (laughs) my son was often in the other room, like doing his um, online school. And I would um, just take this time, especially on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. with Natalie to get into my body, like before I worked, before I expected myself to perform in any kind of way, I needed to get into my body. And so I would do the class and the jumping jacks and, and the movement and the expression and the feeling myself with this view of these sacred mountains in front of me. And then the relationship started to like disintegrate. I couldn't believe that I was finding myself in this situation. Oh my gosh, I just moved my family in. Now I have to move my family out. And I would just work it out with the class (laughs) and with Natalie. And so that's why I say I came to know Natalie through how she authentically shows up in her classes. And I was just working my process with this woman as a guide. And so if you're curious, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, my personal practices for, um, you know, like memberships and things I belong to and things I continue to do all the time. Of course, my practice varies with um, how my energy cycles and all of that, but I do consistently stick with the class. And I consistently stick with a kundalini yoga practice and I um, subscribe to the offerings from the Rama Institute, which was um, Guru Jagat's creation and, um, and legacy. And so I'm so grateful for the class um, <laughs> today. You're going to just hear my enthusiasm on my voice the whole way through getting to talk to Natalie Kuhn. And, um, Without further ado, let's let's dive in. I'll read you her bio and we'll begin. Natalie Kuhn is dedicated to using movement and breath to create a stronger, clearer connection to self. Raised by an ex-nun and a doctor, Natalie found ways to use the physical body to experience spirituality 
and use spirituality to live more freely in the body. She graduated from NYU with a BFA in theater and traveled the world as a performer for the likes of David Byrne and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs before meeting Taryn Toomey in 2013. It was then, just before the class was even given a name, that she dedicated herself to this method and discovered that it was and continues to be her vocation. She hopes that students leave her class feeling more alive, more connected to themselves, and therefore to the greater world around them. Hello, Natalie. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's such a treat to be with you. So excited to be in conversation and in dialogue. Hi. Hello. It is so good to hear your voice here in this space because I have heard your voice <laughs> so much via the class. Um, so it's just, it's a deep honor to have you here today. And when I was tuning in, you know, maybe it's just the September weather, or maybe it's, you know, the fact that I slept in this morning, or maybe mm. it's just perfect that um, what what feels like it wants to happen is a lot of depth and space today. And so... Mm. I just want to invite that, this, this spaciousness, um, mm-hmm. knowing that you flow and I flow and that there is so much that we could discuss. We're just going to um, allow a lot of space for this conversation to unfold. Great. That's how it feels, that's how it feels to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm here for it, as, as the kids say these days. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I think I talked about that before. I love that saying. I'm here for it. You know, when somebody yep. says that, you're like, I believe you. Okay, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. I myself am um, in Miami today recording this with you. And um, I mentioned this just before we started. It's like a, it's a balmy September. It's so different from Brooklyn, you know, waking up at September of Brooklyn, you've got this, you can feel that the leaves are starting to do this inward crisp. And here in Miami, it's just um, kind of an every hour rain shower. Really cool. Mm. cool. Mm. And I'm in North Carolina and we just had the equinox everywhere and um, it turned into fall instantly. (laughs) It is fall in Western North Carolina. So uh, it is crisp here. And um, yeah, so I'm feeling extra cozy today, but um, let's dive in. So you are an instructor on the class, the class by Taryn Toomey. And you can, you can tell us more about the class, but um, first, you know, I'll start with my own little introduction of of Natalie and my experience. (laughs) Um, You know, so to me, I think the vision of the class is so profound and I'll let you speak to that. But the, the thing that I really appreciate about your classes is that it's such a spiritual experience as well. Mm. And I really, I see you as a spiritual teacher. I don't know if you see yourself as a spiritual teacher. Mm. Um, so yeah, you're, you're an instructor and so much more, Natalie, <laughs> so much more. <laughs> so the question that's arising is um, maybe what motivates you? What motivates you in the space of embodiment and spirituality and the enthusiasm that you bring forward? Oh, wow. Thank you. What a fun question. I, um, how do I say this without sounding cheesy? (laughs) I, 
You can sound cheesy. (laughs) Can I do it? Okay. Let's risk it. You guys, let's (laughs) risk it. I, I, I think I was uh, gifted uh, in my childhood, a couple of things. One um, sort of an innate um, sense of joy. I think that's always been with me. Mm. And I think that innateness was coupled with really loving parents, which is um, not everybody's privilege uh, and it's not everybody's luck. And so I really hold that as, um, as, as something, you know, I, I am on your podcast, so I, I, I'm going to say the word sacred and trust mm-hmm. that the, the readers can hear that in its full form mm-hmm. um, or listeners rather. And I really do love living mm-hmm. and I know when I'm living and I know when I'm sleepwalking <laughs> and the, the, the difference has been bridged by practice. And uh, so through childhood, I think I've, I, I was just one of those kids that always wanted to be learning and studying and playing and doing and frolicking and all of those things, you know? And then as I got older and responsibilities got more um, difficult and more complex, uh, I was lucky enough to always have teachers and mentors that remind me that, you know what? None of it's really that serious. Mm. And when I can sort of, um, when I can use my tools to pierce through the absoluteness of the moment or of the ego and return to that sense of play, uh, I'm so much happier. And that's really what gets me out of bed in the morning that I know what it's like to make that shift. And I would, my highest goal and dream is to have more people know what that's like Mm. because you know, why live if we're not living it? Thank you for sharing that. And, and I love that you had that childhood, you know, I know that so many people don't. And, and as I'm listening to share that, um, you know, instead of this like enviousness or, uh, or anything like that, it's like, I am so happy for you. And then thank you for bringing that, that medicine forward, you know, that joyfulness. And, um, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about how there is often a period of forgetting or, you know, something happens to us between that childhood innocence and then the modern world saying, well, you have to make something of yourself. And, um, and then we like strive for something that is outside of us that is false. And then that's so much of what this podcast is about is that remembering, like remembering Mm -hmm. who we are and coming back to it. So did you have big periods of sleepwalking as you call it? For sure. And I also, I also want to mention that, um, you know, I had a really wonderful childhood and a privileged childhood, but it wasn't without uh, all of, you know, we all have our things, right? Yeah. So, um, my mom struggled with addiction. My dad, uh, has, you know, patterns that overtake him in ways that are, uh, that create negativity or negative bonds or negative identity. So there's definitely stuff there, yeah. but what I can say is that 
the stuff never overwhelmed my nervous system to a debilitating degree. And that's where I can say I got really lucky, yeah. you know? And I think that, um, I, my parents always had, you know, if, if not their head above water, at least one eye above water. And that was a real saving grace. They, they, I think all parents do the best that they can do with what they're given. Right. Um, and mine, I think mine did a great job, especially with the challenges that they faced. So I, I want to sort of, uh, give texture and color to what may sound like a Pollyanna situation, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And I think, um, you know, from, just being in your classes and being on your Instagram, um, it's at this is Natalie for everyone listening. Um, you know, you're really awesome at looking at the present moment and saying, okay, we have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like we have a choice right here, just like we did, you know, 10 minutes ago, 10 years ago, but like, here we are fresh moment. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, that's right. And so I don't hear like, you know, Pollyanna, I hear perspective. And, yeah, and a choice great. about perspective. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And, you know, I have to say, just I'm thinking, like, what is the root of that? And where can I trace that back to? And I remember, so um, my mom is actually, she was an ex-nun. All of my aunts and uncles wow. on my mom's side of the family were nuns and priests. So I have two former priests and three former nuns in my family. And uh, and then on my dad's side, they, um, his parents were, uh, immigrants from Ireland and they were really pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of folks. And, uh, I think between the sort of spiritual side of my mom's lineage and the hardworking side of my dad's lineage, um, that's a really great mixture for never allowing yourself to get trapped because Mm -hmm. if you are dedicated to spirituality or you are come and you have that immigrant story in your bones and your body, you are finding a way to come through. And, um, I remember, you know, when I was, I've told this story a little bit, I think, but I was, I got back, I had my first communion and I was in the CDC classes um, before I was supposed to be confirmed. And I had a total tantrum and meltdown in the car ride home from church. And I just said to my mom, I, you know, I don't know how to tell you that. I didn't say this at 12 years old. (laughs) These are my words now. (laughs) I don't know how to tell you this, mom. I'm sure it was something like, I hate you. (laughs) But um, what I was trying to relate to her in the car that day was uh, uh, intuitively, I don't think I can be confirmed and use that word confirmation in something that I'm not fully, totally, completely bought into or agree with. And some of the stories that I'm hearing about some of the, you know, the fables and, and da, 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 are not who I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's really hard to say because that's part of who you are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so there was this rub. And so what she did, and I'll never forget this and I'll never be able to thank her enough. She's passed on now, but, mm-hmm. um, she, she left me in the car and she said, why don't you just sit in the car? 
you know, cry it out, gather yourself, you know, do what you have to do, come back in. And then, you know, we can have another chat about it. And in the meantime, I think what happened was she called my aunt who left the nunnery and became Buddhist. Hmm. And so when I left the car that day, she, she said, you know what, you don't need to, you don't need to get confirmed. And I don't know how much planning went on, but pretty soon after my aunt came down to visit <laughs> and she introduced me to Buddhism for the first time. And she gave me this book called Living Buddha, Living Christ. And at that time, I think I was now 13. And it was about how uh, religion actually has a thread. And that thread, you might call that thread amongst all religions spirituality. These are my words now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about being a good person and connecting to something beyond yourself. And as soon as I was able to get that, my relationship to my family changed. My relationship to what I thought church or, you know, religious studies was changed. And uh, ultimately, I think I found myself on the path of spirituality rather than uh, religion. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And when you got to the, to the part of your mother leaving the car and, and then going and seeking another doorway for you, you know? That, yes, that's like, it, Sarah. <laughs> I teared yeah. up. I teared up because, and I still am a little bit because on this podcast, we talk a lot about, you know, what I would call religious trauma of, yeah. you know, in this patriarchal world, like you must believe this. And sometimes that comes, you know, from a father or from a mother or from anyone who's bought into like, this is the only way. Yeah. But in your mother doing that, I, I just hear this like gorgeous feminine opening of like, yeah. we're not going to lose the child to yeah. the driving this home. We're going to yeah. open another door. Oh, thank you, Ugh. mama. That's exactly right. And, I, and yeah. that's, that's really where that story came from around choice is she didn't say you are, I'm forcing you to get confirmed. She said, let's find, it's exactly what you said, Sarah. Now I'm just repeating your words, but you know, let, let's find another pathway for you to see. Which is just so loving. It's just yeah. so loving. Yeah, it's so yeah. loving. It's so loving. And, um, I think, I, I mean, this is part of my belief system is that you always do have a choice uh, and that may not have anything to do with circumstances, right? I've had periods of unemployment. I've had periods of uh, hardship. I've, you know, I've had periods of, of trauma and grief that I've had to spend months, if not years working through um, but something that a skill that I've developed is like the circumstances aren't going to, to change necessarily, but my relationship to them can and will, because that is under my control. My perspective, my perception is, can become skillful. Yeah. yeah. Through practice, that through practice, really through practice, my perception and my perspective can become 
a skill set and become skillful. Yes. Yes. So let's move toward talking about the class a bit. Um, you know, I, I caught a class a couple of weeks ago where you were talking about it being your eight year anniversary mm-hmm. and you shared that that was a really big time because that's when you actually lost your mother, right? As mm-hmm. soon as you started at the class, right? Yeah. Yes. So I'm remembering you saying that now that you're talking about her. Mm. So eight Thank years you. with the class. Yeah. yeah. Eight years with the class. I, um, that's so funny because just as you opened up this conversation, I looked up and there's um, eight geese walking by the window. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wild. Literally eight. Um, yeah, I started, um, I was the first employee. I met Taryn when um, the class didn't yet have a name or a website. It wasn't um, something codified. It was still something very molten and uh, changing and developing in Taryn's own body and heart. And she was um, doing what would become the class in the gym of her apartment building back in 2013. Mm. And at the time I was a performer, I was dancing for rock bands. I was doing voiceovers. I was an actor and, uh, um, I had left my five and a half year bartending life to seek something more, um, healthy. And (laughs) I found (laughs) for real in a word healthy. And I, um, I found, I found uh, Lululemon and I started to, you know, fold pants and do that whole thing. And, but I found more than pants at Lululemon, to, to be honest. I found a community of people who were my age who were in some kind of a transition themselves. And it was a really unique period of time. And they knew Taryn. They actually made Taryn an ambassador of the Soho store before, before the class, before she even named it. And I remember mm. Nicole Crippen, who was the store manager at the time, said, Taryn, you're really onto something. We want to make you an ambassador, but we need you to call it something. Do it. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And that's when she was like, gosh, you know, maybe you're right. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there were a lot more forces happening at that time, but that's when I was working there and I tried her class and I laughed all the way through it because it was so hard. My muscles were shaking. Um, she was incredible. It was like electricity was moving through her body as she was guiding us through this incredibly physical thing that at that time involved medicine balls and lots of different things. And the second class I took, she dropped all of the equipment and it was at it was on the roof deck of somebody's apartment and it was in the middle, the dead thick of July summer heat, or maybe it was June and the skies opened up and it rained and everybody mm. was just doing jumping jacks, pouring rain. Everybody was mm. soaking and no, and we were loving it. And it was because we were, I mean, it really felt cosmic, right? We were connecting yeah. to our bodies. We were connecting to this community that was so underground at that time. It felt like prohibition for fitness or prohibition for spirituality or something. And then all of a sudden nature opened up, you know, it was, it really was a magical time. And from there, I just, uh, kind of offered my two hands to Taryn. And I said, look, Hmm. if, if you're, I would love to set up 
your yoga mats in your dance studio on the fourth floor of an unmarked building and, you know, on Broadway. And um, if you'll let me take class. So I started that and I, when I would take the subway to my next, you know, I was working three jobs at the time when I would take the subway to my next job, I would draw the little stick figures of each move um, and how I felt. And I would talk to Taryn about it and she would sort of let me in on what uh, she was, how she was planning her classes. And and then I met JC who is uh, another sister. And um, it was really the three of us for a long time. Mm. Um, And, that was how it began. So from 2013-ish to 2015-16-ish, it was the three of us teaching and then me and Taryn going back to her apartment um, and using you know her spare bedroom to figure out what to do next. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that inside story. I love it. Yeah. So the class is, I'm just going to kind of pour from my heart and my experience about like what it's like to be in it, because I know a lot of people listening probably haven't done it yet and they're going to want to after this. Cool. Um, so, you know, I found the the class during the pandemic and the online space that you all created, um, I think just before the pandemic, am I correct? Like that had been created Wow. the world went into lockdown? Yes. Divine yeah. timing Thank you, is God. really, <laughs> yeah. truly, the forces yes. were kind. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're all in our own spaces and, you know, pent up energy and all of that. And I had been a woman, Natalie, who I have been reclaiming my body for mm. years and years and years. Like when mm-hmm. I I I was a school principal and I left that, um, you know, but, but even before that, I was like remembering, oh my gosh, there's more, oh my gosh, there's more. And I found myself in trauma-based therapies, like somatic therapies and was learning about things like trauma release therapy and, you know, Hakomi and reading Peter Levine. And then Mm -hmm. I was studying, um, Mindfulness, mindfulness and trauma informed like education mm-hmm. and um, merging that with like therapeutic education in my workplace and all of this like story of my life right mm. and reclaiming the my body from the trauma because I had no idea mm. as like a very high functioning woman I mm. had no idea how much was like pent up. And so years later, here we are in the pandemic and a friend's like, you should really try the class. And I start doing it. And I'm like, there are so many best kept secrets, like right inside of this. I mean, Mm. you all are like, you're moving energy, you're moving trauma. You're not even saying the word trauma, but it's like, you're shaking. You have these practices that are releasing energy from the body that has been trapped. You're saying, you know, put put the emotion on the sound, make yeah. sound. You're, you're engaging the vagal nerve. Um, yeah. You know, you're taking us from, from the steadiness and that, uh, you know, that proprioceptive, like, where are you in time and space? And then you're taking us like moving through 
massive, yeah, physical strength <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that moves such big energy. And we can call mm-hmm. that emotions. We can call that. And then you're infusing the spirit and the mm-hmm. music. Uh, so what would you add to that description? <laughs> Girl, you got it. I was, come on. I was pulling up popcorn. That was great. That was perfect. Um, oh, it's an experience. It's like, it's a fuck yeah. yes experience. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You show up um, for yourself when you show up to a class. And so you all have these live classes all day. And there's something, I mean, if I'm turning on a live 9am class with Natalie, I'm showing up, you know, and you're like, Hey, Monday. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I did this the whole pandemic. And my son is like, you're going to yell with Natalie this morning. I'm like, you're damn right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. I, it's really nice to hear the class reflected by somebody who, who really deeply understands it because, um, you know, we, one of the ways that we have always struggled, Taryn, JC and I, and the entire team is how to describe it because it's, it, it's fitness, but it's not. It ther- it's therapy, but it's not. It's uh, spirituality, but it's not. It's, you know, it, it really is this nexus point of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, part of the brilliance of naming it the class and keeping it so open yeah. is that it is kind of an untitled painting in that way. And it, and it asks you to bring your own uh, experience to, to it, to, yeah. to define it. Um, and it is fitness. In that you are doing squats and jumping jacks and you're doing them on the beat and it's to music, but it's not fitness in that the guidance is and the playlist and the speak is all very much a journey. And that journey is moving you out of the external world into the place of interiority. There's so little attention in our culture, given to the art of inwardness. And this is really what the class is aiming to do. It's not, it's not meditation, but it's meditative. It's not therapy, but it's therapeutic. And, um, Mm. and so as we leave our worlds in order to arrive on the mat, the guidance is about coming into the breath, coming into an awareness of your thoughts and awareness of your feelings, and then letting that interiority have a life of its own. Yes. Because you're already feeling it. You're already thinking it. The real question is, are you aware of it? Right. right. So the practice is about having will the you allow it? And will, will you allow, you allow it? it? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Will you uh, have the experience that you're having? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting pretty excited over here because um, (laughs) of this conversation. So so my practice is called embodied breath. Mm -hmm. And so much of what I do is I talk about feminine and masculine. And, you know, so the embodiment I see as feminine earth matter and breath as masculine spirit. Now, maybe that resonates with people listening. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't have to. But what I 
see with the class is this merging of the embodiment and the spirituality such that, you know, you're doing those jumping jacks at the end, like after you've done the burpees, after you've done all of that muscle work, you're doing those jumping jacks and you're having full chills in your body and you're having Mm -hmm. a spiritual experience. That is the spiritualization of matter. That Mm. is like bringing spirit into the body. Like you've just made space and then you've invited it in. Mm. And that's why I love the class. <laughs> mm. That, I mean, you're mm. really bringing the spirit into the body. And I don't, I, I love that you all don't try to define these things because mm. I imagine that there are so many people who are like, whoa, I'm feeling something here. And I don't know what I'm feeling, but it's, yeah. I got to come. I got to come back. Yeah. I think, um, thank you so much for that description. I'm really just um, reveling in, in, your, in your articulation and your expression. I think um, words, are, uh, words are one of my passions. I studied Shakespeare for about 20 years. I'm, I'm completely enamored by poetry. I think, you know, one of the greatest things that David White has brought to my life, he's a poet and philosopher, uh, is that he says, you know, poetry is the language for which there's no defense, which I love. And so really words are, are this way of attempting to articulate what you can't. Hmm. And so I, I think it's, I think it's wonderful when a student ends class and is like, I don't know, I don't know (laughs) what just happened. Yeah. You know, and not, and I think it's wonderful because I think things like spirit and grace and the interplay of feminine and masculine energies and, and the, the, the changeable nature of action and receptivity are things that are just purely felt and are nonverbal. Right. So, yeah. The words are the tools that we, yeah. we try to use to, um, to get to these felt things. Yeah. And a lot of these practices and a lot of, a lot of how the culture is shaping up is that there's such a fake language of intimacy. Yeah. And how do we, as a culture and how do we not fall for that? And, and, and how do we cut through some of what's not true and some of what's fabricated and some of what's put together in some boardroom <laughs> and packaged out to the world? How do we cut through that noise to actually get to um, what's true intimacy for ourselves? Mm-hmm. And when practicing something as as smart and intelligent and magical and divine as the class has become, mm-hmm. um, I think that we experience it. This is what you're saying. Like we're yeah. experiencing it. And yeah. then we remember, oh, this is how I want life to feel more often. This yeah. right here, this access point of me that I haven't allowed myself to access yeah. I want this more often. Yeah. And I would say that what you're touching a point uh, upon, you know, the thing that is what we remember 
is what's essential. Yes. Yes. And that, you know, whatever it is that pulls us out into the world of forgetting or sleepwalking or, you know, anything is, is, um, ancillary. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. Actually. I think I, I want to talk about, um, isolation and separation versus coming back together. And I want to share a little story that has to do with the class. Um, you know, last week I was, I was kind of down about things and, you know, like, who am I? I'm just one person and Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. And a friend, um, who introduced me to the class, shout out to Andrea. (laughs) She (laughs) invited me over to her house and her farm and, um, she loves to do the class with other women and she like makes it happen. She, she hosts. And Less. so, yes, yes, I know, um, she, her passion. And so she was offering me a massage because I had taken care of her farm while she was away. Mm. And so I went over and we did the class and then I enjoyed a massage and, and I was like, whoa, blessings, you know, and, and we ended up doing one of JC's classes Mm -hmm. and it was a collaboration, I think with an author, I'm sorry, I don't know the author's name. And essentially it was, she was talking about exactly the, um, the, who am I like, well, well, who am I to, you know, get up and do this or, or who am I to like, you know, want more? I can't remember her exact words. And by doing it with Andrea, there was something that happened in the room where she was literally, the instructor was literally, you know, having us lift our arms and say, lift up other women, lift each other up in community right now. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here in this moment. This is so wild. And, you know, we're like yelling and lifting each other up and, and like crying and, and it's like. That is happening, you know, there's, I think it's, I can't, I can't quote the Bible, but there's this, you know, where two or more are gathered, there shall I be, right? Like the spiritual, like where two or more are gathered. And I tell you what, Natalie, when I watch the social media clips of the gatherings that you are starting to have again, Mm -hmm. like on rooftops and everyone's doing the class together, I get full body chills. And I'm like, Mm. I don't know why I get full body chills, but Mm. like people coming together to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like isolation. We've had so much isolation in the last year and a half. Yeah. So much isolation in the last, like (laughs) many thousands of years in our culture, you know, and then, and and so what is opening up? What, like, what do you make of that? This yes, coming back together. Yes. Doing it in the spiritualization of the body. Yes. In community. Like what does that bring up yeah. for you? Oh my gosh. So, so much in what you just said. First of all, it was um, JC Gossett and Brooke Baldwin. And I have to tell you, Brooke Baldwin is, um, she was a CNN anchor for 20 years and she wrote a book called Huddle. And it's all about the power of women in huddles. And mm-hmm. whether that's a sports team or, you know, girlfriends over a glass, a bottle of wine or something like that, what happens, what is the power of what happens when women come together? 
Yes. And that's, that's what the book is about. Right. And that's, and that's (laughs) why the class was that way. Yeah. And, and, and Brooke is really, she's walking the walk. Let me tell you, she and I have, have gone deep about the fact that the culture actually says elbow each other out of the way Yeah, because there's only room for X, Y, Z at the top. So if, so whoever that is, you're going to have to climb over. And I think what we are discovering is that that's a very patriarchal patriarchal and uh, capitalistic way of thinking and that it doesn't need to be that way. And if it's going to change, then it's us that needs to change it. Right. And this is also what we're seeing in the social justice movement that, you know, uh, BIPOC people cannot just do this alone. We need to all come together everybody white people need to break open the whiteness white people need to break open the egoic veil that is whiteness if the movement's gonna change and affect all of us we need to be doing the work everybody needs to be doing the work so it's for a movement to really take shape and take hold it actually requires a deep sense of aloneness and separateness. And and what I mean by that is going into the individual space, because if I can see myself, if I can see the parts of me that want to divide, if I can see the parts of me that are disempowered and overly empowered, if I can see the parts of me that have separated into inferiority and superiority, and I can begin to heal that within myself then I'm not risking projectile vomiting those um, uh, harms onto other people that remind us of our own. So uh, that's really how I see this whole thing. We've gone into this pandemic. We all were faced with aloneness in a way that we couldn't distract ourselves from. We couldn't distract ourselves with the commute or the job or the, you know, uh, family or lack of family or, or whatever your relationship was, you really had to see yourself. This is you waking up in the morning, putting on pajamas again, <laughs> a different pair. <laughs> and then, you know, what, whatever has been left unaddressed was going to show itself. Right. And then as we start to understand what parts of us have been unmet, hopefully we start to meet them. Not everybody yeah has that capacity, right? So those of us lucky enough to have the space, the interest, the guides to open themselves into that space of meeting the unmet really came out of this pandemic, changed people, right? And those of us who, for whatever reason, didn't have the capacity or were met with limitations or hardships that can't even be described, and that unmet stayed unmet, boy, the transition is even harder for them. So now as we come back into the get-togetherness space, the dream scenario is that we take what we saw about ourselves and apply it to society. That we take what we understood and the the parts of us that that were uh, exiled and relegated started to come back into togetherness within ourselves. Beautiful. So that when we come back together as a community, you can see a stranger who doesn't look like you, move like you, speak like you, blah, 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 like you, and still extend your arms and still open up your embrace and still be able to say, I see you. 
And I see you because I see me. And if I see me and I see you, that means that we can come together. And if we can come together, we can change legislation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have high hopes for this period of togetherness. <sighs> yeah. I have high hopes for it, even though every, and, and it's, uh, you know, uh, Kevin is my partner, Kevin Courtney, and um, he's a meditation teacher and he's a, a spiritual guide for leaders and, and just an incredible human being. And we often hold um, two sides. Like he can be very uh, pessimistic and I can be very optimistic. He can be uh, very um, um, skeptical of things and um, I can be very hopeful. And so where I come into this place of, I really believe that between the pandemic and the social justice resurgence, we have the opportunity to create a fundamental shift in our society. And Kevin reminds me that things are continuing to fall apart and to d- die really, you know, uh, between, between the Delta variant coming through, between how people are separating over politics, between how people are separating over what to do about the pandemic and things like that. And actually those two things aren't that different from each other. No. Because it does need to break down in order to create a new way. Yeah. May I add to that? Please. (laughs) Uh, In collaboration. Yeah. I think the third thing that I would add, uh, you know, from, from the work that I do is that we have the feminine rising and we have a new masculine willing to meet it. And, and, you know, like your, um, like the guest, please say her name again, because I'm in the meditative space. Baldwin. Thank you. Brooke Baldwin. I'm going to um, look up that book. Um, you know, what she's bringing in is this wisdom of when the women come back together um, and and we come out of the trauma association, the the separation that like, am I okay? Am I making it in this game? And we start to come back together in this healed embodiment space. Um, I see that as a resurgence of very ancient wisdom that is going to bring forward very new wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from, from where I <laughs> meander in, in my experience and thought, it's like all of separation in my mind, you know, including like our separation from the environment or separation from one another, our separation on skin tone, um, all of those perceptions came when we said, you know, the feminine is less than, and the masculine is this overpowering thing. And so we have these misconceptions of, of like what power is and what unity and connection are. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to name that feminine movement as well, because that's how I feel the recalibration that's happening Mm-hmm. Um, or one way that I feel and experience it as well. Yeah. And, you know, and choosing, like you began talking about today, that choice point, choosing connection and choosing like, okay, well, we've all just been humbled. 
over the last, you know, year and a half. And so I loved how you put it in, in the coming, the coming back together internally, mm. mirroring in the external and saying like, wow, yeah, can we be messy together? Can we be mm. messy together and, and collaborate? And there's actually such beautiful space and opportunity when we're not trying to have it all together, when we're not trying mm-hmm. to be like individual, egoic, like, you know, one man, one woman, one human show of, mm-hmm. you know, superiority or something like that. And, um, and coming back into the togetherness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's actually happening that we're able to go into spaces together. Like you all are able to practice the class in studios again, it sounds mm-hmm. like. And I think, you know, it's happening in the collective and the energetic. Um, it's like what gives me chills when I watch people doing the class together. It's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part of class is the silence that comes after the last movement, which is heart opening. And I think it's, you know, because whatever separation exists within our own selves, whether, you know, we've sort of projected the feminine and we're trying to reclaim it or, you know, whatever those are, we are going to perpetuate that separateness out into the world. And so the, when you come into the practice of the class and you are in that, in the place of division and the practice brings you into unification or you into sort of emerging of all the different aspects of yourself and everybody in the room is doing that, then that's a real, that's almost like centrifugal force, right? There's something that comes and sweeps the room into, into a collective oneness. And wow, when that sort of um, coherence Mm -hmm. is how a different kind of world can be created. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. Well, a deep, deep thank you to you and Taryn and all of the instructors and all of the space holders at the class for, um, mm. for leading that energetic because there are massive ripples. In mm. the being done. Yeah. Sarah, I just have to say thank you so much for um, a trying the class of you know in the very beginning when you when you started in the pandemic, and also for just um, letting it and you use the word permission, you know, letting it uh, affect you so deeply, and for inviting me into your space and your community and your world and your articulation to um, learn more about you and and your reality so it's really it's an honor and a pleasure to be in conversation with you ah yes you too thank you so much for being here and so before we conclude i'll just ask us to take a breath and um see if there's anything else that that you'd like to share hmm Hmm. Um, I guess the thing that the only other thing that comes to mind is 
you know, this last part of the con- the conversation came about this, the, the mirror of separateness in the community and separateness in self. And um, one of the projects that I started in the pandemic, I called it Make the Sun. And it was a series of mirrors that I drew on and created messages for. And I think I know a lot of your listeners are women and a lot of women, and I'm, I am being general now, but the generalization is that we struggle with um, our relationship to uh, beauty. And some quote that I can't get out of my head is from John O'Donohue, where he says, don't mistake glamour for beauty. And every time we do and, and create some kind of separation around our relationship to beauty, the idea would be to draw back inside ourselves and come back inside ourselves to do the work of expanding the definition of what's beautiful Hmm. and letting that expanded and extended definition reach wide and broad um, toward, toward an oceanic Hmm. definition of beauty. Hmm. Beautiful. A word that has really been on my mind lately and that I'm just being with, speaking of words earlier, um, is capacity. Mm -hmm. And I love that quote and the word expansion because I think the invitation to you know, be your capacity or reach, like fill the edges or, or imagine that there are no edges like the ocean Um, and, and continue to allow yourself to be that ever, ever increasing capacity and expansion of self um, in the, in the full beauty of self Um. It's just, it's just such a, such a worthy invitation yeah. for us to hold um, in our hearts as we, as we yeah. show up. Where are you stretching your capacity? Yeah. That, that frontier to me is beauty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been meeting with um, a Native American man. And when we close our conversations, he says, create a beautiful day. Mm. And I love that. It's not just like have it, have whatever comes to you. It's like create it, Mm. (laughs) create a beautiful day in your expansion and in your capacity and in beauty. And so Natalie, I think we could end here and I'll say that to you. Create a beautiful day. Thank you for your creations. Mm. Thank Thank you you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Natalie Kuhn, for being here on the Sacred Remembering Podcast. So much fun to talk with you and to re-listen to our conversation. Thank you guests for being here as well. If you would like to find me, you can do so at sarahpoet.com. And I'm happy to hold space for you um, either in a one-on-one short session, like maybe you just want a little taste, or we go deep in um, 90 or even 90 day or even six month um, containers. And that looks like 
coaching, mentorship, energy transmission, soul support. Um, there isn't one particular box that I fit into, but it is all trauma informed. It is all going to help you, um, on your soul path in a very, very deep way. And I have lots of skills and tools to do that. So if I can hold space for you on your soul journey and, and you want to get a little closer, you can go to sarahpoet.com and schedule a consultation after you've read the options. Just feel it. You know, we talked in this podcast today a lot about following the truth of the body. And so I really want you to do that when you're thinking about like, hmm, should I work with Sarah Poet? Well, listen to the body, you know, listen to the, um, the excitement or the call or just the soothing. Yes. Okay. I want it to be like that. I don't want you to be stressing out your nervous system. Um, when you decide to work with me, like, nope, nope, nope. We have plenty of options for, um, pressured decisions in our world. So, Check out sarahpoet.com, see if I'm a match for you, and um, I would love to hold space for you. So much love. I'll see you next week. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected and here's to your path of sacred remembering.